sing as one for this country we're walking on we stand together to protect this land for the future we're hand in hand welcome to another episode of the environmental as anything podcast Warning. The following program may contain traces of irony, sarcasm, satire, parody, mockery, banter, caricature, and nuts. The opinions expressed are almost certainly not shared by self-appointed officials, dictatorial wowsers. If you are dangerously irony deficient or allergic to mockery of the self-important and corrupt, then get a life. And this would be Environmental As Anything. Welcome to another episode of the Environmental As Anything show. Thank you for joining me here. I'm Sean O'Shaughnessy. I'm going to bring you all the news, interviews, and uh, analysis that uh, I can fit into our limited time together uh, to give you help in uh, knowing how we can all act together to protect and uh, defend our Mother Earth. Thank you to Monkey and the Fish, as always, for that uh, fantastic track, uh, Hand in Hand, our, our theme music. And uh, thank you to the Bunjalung Nation and the Widjibawaiable people on whose land I am uh, living and working and uh, who are, whose elders, past, present and emerging, I have uh, deep respect for. Uh, thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for your tolerance. Thank you for welcoming me and uh, all of us here into your country. Um, I'm deeply sorry for the, uh, the mess that's been made. I'm doing our best to try to tidy it up. Here on Environmental is Anything Today, a uh, big show, of course, always. Uh, I've got a... Uh, uh, an interview. I'll be speaking later to uh, uh, to Ziana from uh, from the Northeast Forest Alliance, and who has just come back from the uh, the Camp Binby and the uh, the blockade of the or the actions that are taking place against uh, the the Adani uh, mega mine planned up there in the Galilee Basin. Uh, she was arrested there. Uh, just over a week ago, I believe, and we're going to get her personal perspective on uh, those events and the campaign up there in general, and also getting her to tell us what's going on uh, just south of here in Newry State Forest in the mid-north coast near Nambucca Heads, where a blockade camp has been set up again. So we'll be talking to Ziana after the weather and uh, in the next half hour. After that, uh, I've got an interview from uh, Damien Cole from the Surfrider Foundation uh, that was conducted by uh, Catherine uh, Coxall and uh, Michelle Michaels from uh, our sister program at Eco Futures on Bay FM. So uh, that's a really good uh, rousing interview with with Damien talking about uh, the Surfrider Foundation's activities and how we can all help out with that. And uh, we also have, of course, to look forward to the light on the hill, Naomi Shine, who will be illuminating the uh, actions and events for this week from the perspective of the Lismore Environment Centre. I should say thank you to the Lismore Environment Centre for uh, its support for Environmental as Anything. The Environment Centre does fantastic work down there in Lismore, so it's always a pleasure to be associated with them. A great group of volunteers helping out with transport needs for the community and uh, doing that for, for next to nothing, really on the smell of an oily rag, providing a great service. So keep up the great work, all of you, and thank you for your support for Environmental as anything. 
Um, Environmental as Anything, of course, has uh, our very own Facebook page where you can find uh, some of the links that we put up uh, that we discuss here on the show, links to more information and the events, very importantly, if you want to get involved in actually doing something about the issues that we raise, then uh, we try to uh, post up uh, links to those events there as well. Also have a podcast, wherever you find good podcasts, just uh, search for Environmental as Anything and uh, subscribe and share it around. It's always good to share the joy. Sharing is caring, as I was saying to somebody this morning. Speaking of shows, I want to uh, mention uh, before I get on with the rest of the show that I've been watching a doco series um, on one of the great streaming services uh, that I'm a subscriber to and uh, it's about pirates and the, the, uh, the, 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 the republic of pirates. It's been a bit of an eye-opener for me. I've been, it's been quite interesting. Some of the facts that I, I was vaguely aware of one of the facts about the pirates of the Caribbean uh, in the uh, the early 1700s, uh, the the early 18th century, was uh, that they they formed a, a republic. They in Nassau they they formed a a, a, a base and they became a democratic uh, republic. This is before the American Revolution uh, and uh, before the French Revolution. Of course, this was a, pre- a precursor to the outbreak outbreak of democracy across the world. Was uh, in the pirates. Now, pirates get a pretty grim uh, picture painted of them, and I think they've got partly themselves to blame from the way that this documentary portrays them. Uh, they used uh, a, a publicity of, about their uh, their vile behaviour to, to terrorise uh, people into submission so that they didn't have to behave in a vile manner. Most, uh, many of them were uh, extremely, uh, like, well, relatively peaceful. They'd go, uh, go on board ships, etc., but they didn't kill everybody on board or anything like that. They were uh, actually relatively civilised. Each ship had its own democracy. Each, uh, uh, you know, uh, captain was elected and was only uh, able to maintain his, his or her position on the, on the, the will of uh, their crews. But one of the things I found most interesting, and the reason I'm rabbiting on about it now, is because they were uh, at the peak of the slave trade. They were, they were ravaging the slave trade. In fact, they got they. they it could very well be. It's, it's a, there's a fair um, argument to make that the that was the actions of the pirates that in the end made the slave trade untenable. There were ships going across from Africa to uh, uh, to the, the the Americas through uh, the 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 uh, Jamaica and the, uh, the the, uh, the the West Indies, what we now know as the West Indies, and they were coming from Africa laden with slaves, and then returning back uh, to Europe uh, laden with drugs. Basically, they were they were swapping uh, drugs for slaves. And, and, of course, gold for slaves. So they would turn around uh, with tobacco and, uh, and sugar, coffee, tea, uh, all these other drugs of addiction that, they'd, uh, that, they'd, that they were, were making such squillions of, uh, of, of profits on. And, of course, the gold that they were making from the slaves. And so the pirates thought this was great. They would actually free the slaves from the ships as they came in 
and this and many of those slaves then joined the pirate gangs and reinforced uh, their their numbers and so there was this massive impact they had a massive uh, impact on the early capitalist trade but it's it was a great uh, int- uh, great introduction i thought to the, uh, the the birth of corporate capitalism and uh, and how it affects us i've often said that when corporate capitalists talk about jobs when you hear the corporate capitalist media talking about jobs what they actually mean is slaves they don't want jobs they want slaves and uh, they do everything they can to convince us that our slavery is a uh, is a blessing and and some kind of gift that we should be grateful for it but uh, in fact what it is is a form of you know earth rape and oppression and uh, to be resisted uh, by whatever means are necessary. So um, it was in, uh, kind of inspiring to uh, to see those pirates. Blackbeard, you know, renowned Blackbeard, was uh, was a was a gentleman of of some learning and some culture who who would uh, who was ca- who was uh, prone to quoting Latin poets. And uh, but that doesn't make him a good bloke, of course. You know, lots of uh, people who have very dubious uh, moral standing have uh, have, the, have a good education. But uh, he was uh, a thoughtful and careful and, uh, and relatively uh, non-violent uh, character who went around portraying himself uh, in a terrifying light to uh, to, uh, to to sub- to force the submission, force the sub- peaceful submission of his uh, his victims, uh, you know, the slave traders and drug dealers who uh, who they were preying upon. Anyway, worth a look, I thought, and I just wanted to uh, to, to bring it up. Thanks for uh, bearing with me on that. Happy to hear today from Ziana Fjord, uh, who is the Coffs Coast uh, Climate Action Group, is part of the Coffs Coast Climate Action Group, and as such, headed up to the Galilee Basin, to Camp Binby, where the resistance to Adani's uh, attempt to build a massive climate bomb there is in full swing. We heard from Damon Pearson last week giving a report, but uh, Ziana was actually arrested uh, in those actions that happened uh, just a week or so ago. So we wanted to get her perspective on that. Ziana, welcome to Environmental as Anything. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So you've made it back safely after your adventures uh, in the Galilee Basin. You uh, were putting your body on the line and, uh, and, and making your voice heard for our climate. Um, what, what happened? What was, the, what was it like up there? And what was the day of action like for you when you were actually arrested? Yeah, it was, it was massive. Um, our local climate action group heads up there once a year, but this was my first time. Um, we feel it's really important to try and, you know, do this big convoy up the coast and get as many people as possible. So we took three or four cars up, um, filled with a motley crew of all ages and all types of people, which I love, and landed at Camp Binby. Um, and quickly got into action planning as after driving 24 hours um, through all the sugarcane fields and other coal mines, pretty depressing trip really, um, I just felt very called to launch straight into action and do whatever I could to stop work. Yeah, wow. 
Yeah, it was me and two other women, Tika and Susan, that decided um, we would be happy to lock on and try to stop work at the main site for the railway, um, which seems to be a pinch point at the moment because they're just working on the railway, which is going to link the mine to the ports. Right. Right, so that railway is critical for them to be able to, uh, to to mine any of this coal. There's no point in them digging it up and leaving it on the surface. They've got to ship it out of the country to get to make their bucks out of it, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. And they've got a huge operation happening there with um, the flashbutt welders, which Adani advertised on their own Facebook page, which gave us some a little insight into where we might lock onto. <laughs> and then... I looked onto the concrete batching plant. So basically they're making concrete all day up conveyor belts. And when I was locked on there from the early hours of the morning to 2 p.m., they had to turn away all the um, concrete trucks and send them back home. Right. That's got to slow them down a bit. Yeah, well, I mean, for the day that we were there, it definitely really um, disrupted their work. We saw them sending all the welding workers home so that's critical for actually joining the railways together um we also had a crew at the gate which was blocking the workers from entering as well so we had this kind of yeah three teams disrupting different parts of the site really drawing the link um about the way that you know coal fuels climate change that fuels more intensified weather events because while we were up there um our homelands were in the middle of a really disruptive, destructive flood Mm. Um, a little bit south. You know, there was a one in a hundred year flood Mm. and this is when we're just recovering from the bushfires as well. Yeah, that's right. Dorothy McKellar didn't know what we were in for, did she? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So up there though, it was, um, it was relatively dry and, uh, and, and, you know, what, what was the site like? What's the actual, uh, you know, the, the, the the site that you're blockading is what's the, the landscape like? Can you give us a picture? Yes, it's pretty arid, open grassland country, um, big open roads. And then in the middle of that kind of, because we arrived at the night, is just this full floodlit kind of weird city. It's almost like I imagine like Las Vegas or something, but nothing (laughs) is spectacular. And just has all the dongers and security and huge cranes and um, piles of gravel next to the Gregory Highway. And so I had to walk a few k's um, in the pitch black by myself, trying to, um, yeah, get onto the machinery, um, which was pretty, yeah, big. And then... How was that? Quite... Just just that moment, like I, you, you just described, I mean, it, 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 I have a certain feeling about that. It must have been nerve-wracking, like, to, 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 to take that kind of action, you know, walk through the dark and then go to, to do this dangerous thing. Yeah, I was I was definitely really nervous. I was full of adrenaline. I was running early, so I decided to stop and try to have like a picnic in the dark <laughs> to kill some time and tried to eat a banana, but I couldn't eat because I was too nervous. So then just decided to get there early. I didn't want them. I didn't want to set it off um, too early because I wanted to delay as much of the day's work as possible. But I was actually up there for a few hours before. Um, they started work, so I had some time to set up my umbrella, um, set up my banner and lock on, ready for the, all the workers to arrive at 5.30am. Wow, right. So so you would have been there like at 
three o'clock in the morning or something. Like, yeah, about four a.m. I, yeah. like it was fully set up, and yeah. it was a huge relief once they made it. And I was just obviously stoked to know that I was going to that it was a successful um, yeah. action at that point. And I actually had a pretty big grin on my face when the troopy and the other cars arrived at the gates that I could see from the distance with the massive banner stopping workers, cheering, and it was like a beautiful sense of camaraderie. What a rush. We were there with a whole crew of other protectors as well. Wow. What a courageous action to go out there by yourself in the dark. It's uh, really very impressive. Um, And, uh, yeah, and what a rush, hey, to find your your, your support crew there, you know, when you needed them. Yeah, it's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. So the day went from there to the 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 the, uh, the workers arriving, and then uh, how how did that go for you? What was that like? You know, I've been doing it a few years of this kinds of action, and it's always a bit of a mixed bag with security. So you know, try to do a bit of their own, um, yeah, policing. But these the security, I don't think they were allowed to climb the ladders that I climbed. So they actually just kept coming around, taking photos of me, kind of mushering indecencies under their breath. But for the most part, I could just um, zone out and try not to engage with them. Um, I guess it takes a while for the um, police to come because of the huge distances Mm. between the site and the local police station. And so it took a really long time for the police to arrive. So by the time they started talking to me at like 10 or 11... Um, you know, I'd already started really disrupting the day's work. Great, good work. And so you're yeah. perched on top of on, on uh, up a ladder. On what? What are you? What's what are you sitting on? What are, what are you locked onto? How is that? Uh... Yeah, there was a safety platform which is over the top of the conveyor belt, so it's quite a safe place to sit. It's where foot traffic meant to go. You had to climb up two ladders, and then I just locked onto the railings there. Um, but just the nature of being kind of over the top of the conveyor belts, um, they had to switch them off. And, yeah, I, they can't really operate machinery when there's a person there. No. And then I gaffer taped on a nice umbrella for a bit of shading because it was a 40-degree day uh-huh. and it was piercing, piercing sun. And I had a feeling, oh, the police arrived and did this whole kind of very... Um, patronising speech about my safety and their fellow colleagues' safety and how important it was and did this thing. And then they said, oh, but we're going to have to take your umbrella now. <laughs> and I thought, are you kidding me? Like, the, you know, it's, this is the thing that's keeping me the most safe right now. Mm. It's not getting fully sunburned. I had a cap on, but mm. I needed the umbrella for shading. And so they took that down. Yeah, right. Luckily, they left me with my camel pack, but it did leave me exposed for two hours in the sun and as a consequence I got, you know, mild heat stroke and had to be visited by the paramedics in the watch house. Wow, yes. Well, I guess they're, um, you know, the weasel words. There's some some, uh, some gilding the lily a bit about your concern for, their concerns for your safety. But, uh, I mean, if they're really concerned for your safety, they'd stop the mind from going ahead, wouldn't they? <laughs> Totally, and like that, it just makes it so explicitly clear um, at every action. I think around mining and stuff that the, whose side the police are on, and mm. arriving at the police station and seeing that they were kind of sponsored by the local Glencore mine, just being like, okay, this is this is the kind of country we're in, and um, this is who we're up against. Yeah. And that, yeah. 
Yeah, it is, it is, isn't it? It's it's it really is. I don't remember uh, in my youth the the police being sponsored by corporate uh, entities. That that's a that's a pretty new thing and pretty alarming when they just I mean they, they, the sponsorship the police used to get came in brown paper bags and it was uh, done in quiet uh, you know alleyways and, and car parks it wasn't uh, just openly blazoned across their cars and I know uh, Santos on their on their cars I know it's, yeah. it's how did how did we get to that as you say what kind of country have we are we becoming but um well, so the upshot of all that was a day of work put to put stopped stopped by you and you and your compadres there on the on the train line and the and on the um, uh, the the, uh, the conveyor belt. Um, and uh, what was the upshot for you? How did that affect you in the end? You were able to leave the state without uh, any trouble. Well, yeah, I got a couple of charges, but. It's my first offence in Queensland and I think, you know, we've come back and we've got amazing support from the Environmental Defender's Office, as always. Um, I feel very supported by community and I really, yeah, just wouldn't have changed a thing. I have tried, you know, I've been working in the Adani space with the climate group for a few years and more broadly in the climate grassroots movement since I was 16 and I've tried you know, every single tactic possible. Mm. And I, I try to use them all, but, and I think they're all really important. But when you're, there's been this much resistance, you know, there's 350 Stoppadani groups across Australia. There's such a huge resistance to this mine. It's still going ahead. Yeah. I really feel like the only thing I have left um, sometimes is actually just to get there and stop it with my body. Yeah. It's pretty devastating, but also incredibly empowering. Mm. To make that decision and think, oh, this is what I'm doing to protect life, to protect future generations. Like, this is, I hope that, you know, in 30, 40 years, people will look back on all the people that got arrested um, in the environmental justice space and our records are, you know, cleared mm. um, with the recognition that what we were doing was trying to protect, yeah, life. Yeah, I know it's it's increasingly the case that the people who have taken those uh, courageous actions are gaining public recognition. I mean, we we both know uh, uh, at least one prominent Order of Australia medalist who we've, uh, who's who was uh, you know awarded his his Order of Australia for uh, the uh, his actions for the environment and mm. uh, including the kinds of things you're talking about. So yes, I'm ho- I'm I hope you're right. I hope you are, and the rest of uh, those who are out there taking those kinds of actions are remembered positively by our uh, our. Our antecedents, but uh, in right now, what can people do to join those uh, those those ranks of heroes? <laughs> yeah, well, it's really important that people, if they are able and have the space in their lives, that they try to get up to Camp BMB. You know, one of these actions alone um, in a couple of months isn't enough to stop the mine. But if we're doing actions like this every week with different groups um, on rotation, that could be really, really powerful and important. And obviously the camp is organised by Frontline Action on Coal and they have been doing actions there like pretty much monthly last year um, in lots of ways. And the camp's really amazing. It's got chalks and a permaculture garden and um, there's communal food and, you know, anyone can go there to offer support, whether it's cooking, playing music, helping paint banners or taking... Um, bolder action as well. Really, everyone's invited. 
And if people are keen to go up soon for a big event, there's been a massive call out for the Tour de Carmichael, which is happening May 3rd to the 9th. It's um, an invitation onto country by the Wangan and Jengalingu people, yeah. where they're trying to do a bike ride um, across their country. So you'll also be getting a first-hand kind of storytelling of Wangan and Jengalingu country sacred sites and be ending up at the mine site with hundreds of people on bikes. Wow, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it'll be a once-in-a-lifetime thing, I reckon. Absolutely. That sounds yeah. like an amazing uh, event. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to... Is there a Facebook event or something that we could uh, include on the Environmental Is Anything Facebook page to help uh, publicise that? Yeah, definitely. I can link you. That'd be great. Thank you. Well, Ziana, I know that... Uh, you know, We both know that climate action uh, is, uh, is, is, takes many forms and one of the forms that it also takes is uh, to be protecting our forests. And I, and I know that you're involved... With, uh, with direct action for forests and uh, with the Northeast Forest Alliance and uh, other local groups in your uh, area in the mid-north coast. And, and there's been action uh, afoot, in the, the game's afoot in uh, Newry State Forest, I understand, that the Forest Corps is going to meet up with uh, the living, uh, breathing bodies of the human population to, uh, to actually uh, try to prevent them from destroying this precious forest. Can you tell us more about what's going on there? Yeah, so there's been an amazing resurgence of forest action over the last few years on Good Mangia country, especially last year with the Nambucca camp. Um, so many people were mobilised to protect these sacred forests here. And we pretty much won that Nambucca campaign in the way that after we did our first action, they took the machines out um, with 50% of that forest left. We then followed, followed them up to Wildcattle Creek and we've pretty much been on their case um, in every forest they've been working in. They've been pretty quiet over the summer with the rains and now they've just finished the roading at Newry State Forest. Newry feels especially important because it is prime koala habitat. Um, we have done surveys there and in the adjacent forest in Gladstone and found a lot of koala scats. Um, it's also really culturally significant to the Gimbangia people um, so we have set up a blockade camp there. Uh, we want to be there ahead of forestry coming in with their harvesters. Um, they're in there every day, but the trees haven't been marked yet. So we're just starting a, trying to have a presence there every day. Um, there's people camping out there. There's people in town making posters and banners. And We had an emergency town meeting where 150 people came out in the rain to kind of storytell and yarn and hear about the campaign mm -hmm. and there's an opening happening on the 10th of April um, there's been a special invitation from Gimbangia elders who will be doing a smoking ceremony at the camp out in Newry State Forest and I think from that day that'll mark the real beginning where we'll have a um, proper set up camp ready for everyone to come visit and help protect the forest um yeah, directly. Fantastic. That's uh, like it's uh, that sounds really exciting. People are really highly organised and motivated uh, to to uh, to protect the uh, you know the the cultural heritage and and the, the koalas and other wildlife's home there on the mid north coast. That's uh, really inspiring. Yeah, it's amazing. It's great to be part of it. I think you know forest action is the reason I get up in the morning. 
I love the cold. The cold space feels very like necessary, but there's something about spending time in a forest and fighting for like you know living, breathing beings that's just so important. Indeed. Indeed, and uh, and I know that people from uh, around here will be interested in being involved and supporting that action down there as much as possible. So again, we'll share um, you know all those details here on the uh, uh, Environmental as Anything Facebook page, and uh, I know that it'll also be up on the Northeast Forest Alliance Facebook page. Are there other places that we should be looking for information about that? There's a new Facebook page that's come up called Nuri Native Forest Blockade. Mm-hmm. That'll be the kind of key updates. Um, events and there's a map also there of how to get there and the camp has been named Camp Mumu which is um, the Sorry, golden... Can you say that again? I think you dropped out slightly. Camp Mumu? Nungu. Yeah, it means um, it was named by elders after the golden kangaroo. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty special. Sounds really auspicious. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so get to Camp Nungu, people, and, uh, you know, like uh, become part of that, uh, that really important and vibrant movement that's happening there on the mid-north coast. I mean, obviously, we have our own forests up here which need protecting as well, but there's nothing like getting out there amongst it with uh, the wonderful people who are highly motivated uh, to protect their, their, own, their own traditional lands. It's um, uh, a wonderful uh, action going on. So... Um, Look, Ziana, thank you so much for joining Environmental as Anything today to share that with us. Yeah, thank you. It was great. Yeah, no, we'll uh, we'll have to do this again soon. Please keep us up to date with what's going down uh, down there. Yeah, I will. Thanks, Sean. No worries. Take care. Travel safe. <laughs> Uh, the interview with uh, Damon Cole by Catherine Coxall and Michelle Michaels from uh, Eco Futures on Bay FM. He's from the Surfrider Foundation talking about uh, what can be done to help save our coasts and oceans. You're listening to Environmental as Anything. Hi, Damo. How are you going? I'm doing really well. Damo, tell our listeners who might not be aware a little bit about what Surfrider Foundation has been doing. Yeah, listen, so Surfrider Foundation has been around since the 80s in the US, started in Malibu, uh, when a bunch of surfers who were quite worried about their local beaches being destroyed by... um, by overdevelopment and industrialisation. The water quality was getting really bad for the surfers. So they decided to form a group, um, which they called Surfrider Foundation. And then it came to Australia in 1991. So this is actually our 30th anniversary this year, Surfrider Foundation Australia. And generally speaking, what we do is any any threats to our coastline, our beaches, our surf breaks, or, or just generally our oceans, um, we we jump on and we protect. Uh, so that that could be anything from plastic pollution to sewage outfalls to inappropriate developments on sand dunes or marinas, seawalls, um, all the way through to to the biggest stuff at the moment that we're really tackling, which is ending all offshore exploration, so all fossil fuel usage, um, which obviously, you know, a lot of people are aware of the the big campaign that we had, uh, the fight for the bite, which was uh, extremely successful and and really, I think, um, harnessed the energy from our communities all across the country in in opposition to 
the proposed oil drilling in the, in the Great Australian Bight a couple of years ago. Absolutely. That was such an incredible fight to watch and such a great win. I'd love to hear, um, Damien, if you could tell us a bit more about uh, the campaign that's happening at the moment. Yeah, so obviously off the back of the fight for the bite, uh, which was which proved to be very successful, we, we saw that we... We're obviously there was a lot of uh, a lot of community members that it really, as I say, inspired kind of and, and really got them to act. And then unfortunately, we kind of turned around without a, a minute to breathe and realised that uh, there was actually a threat on the most populated coastline in Australia between between Sydney and Newcastle, actually. Uh, so a population of around six to seven million people. And it's called Petroleum Exploration Permit 11, or also known as PEP 11. Uh, and that's, yeah, so it's, it's Beach Energy, uh, sorry, Advent Energy, who is, uh, who is looking to get a, an approval for their, for their permit or a reapproval um, to drill for oil and gas off the coast there. So it's about 4,500 square kilometres of seabed that they want to drill into. And obviously, we, you know, we can just only imagine the risks that we're putting our communities through, anything from, you know, the toxic sludge that comes in operational, uh, operational drilling to being smack bang in the middle of a migration path for, all, for, for the whales. Um, it would affect our local tourism. It will affect our local communities. And it's just a completely inappropriate location at, at a time when we're really watching... Our, our planet crumbled before our eyes and our ocean really crying out for help. Oh, such an important campaign. And so that stretch of coastline, Damo, that, that sounds like it's quite a distance. Could you tell us a little bit more about where that is located? Yeah, so it stretches from all the way down to the northern beaches. Say it again. Sorry, can you just say that again, Damo? I think you're covering the mic. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, so it, it goes all the way up in the north. The furthest north is Newcastle, uh, all the way down to the northern beaches um, around the kind of Manly area. So it's quite a large, large um, parcel of, of ocean there to, that they're looking to exploit. And when you look at, when you stand on any of those headlands, which there are numerous headlands, you'll, you'll be able to see these rigs off the coast. And for us, it's just, uh, it's heartbreaking, it's disgraceful, it's infuriating that here we are about to exploit this stretch of coastline at a time when we should be moving away from fossil fuels towards renewable energy, just like the rest of the, the world, um, which they are all doing. And here we are toying with the idea of opening up a gas, uh, an oil and gas reserve, which may be there for, who knows, 20, 30 years. And, and what scares us as well is this sets a precedent. There's no, no oil and gas exploration offshore across the entire East Coast. And wow. here we are right now in 2021, as I say, it's it's kind of toying with this idea, and it sets a precedent. And then you start to wonder, well, if the if the coast of Sydney and the northern beaches, all the way to Newcastle, the central coast, if that's not safe, then where is? Do we do we start drilling at the Great Barrier Reef? Do we start drilling off the coast of Byron Bay? Do we, you know, like where where will we go? Do we go to the Gold Coast? Um, you know, the, the North Stradbroke Island. There's so many spectacular parts of our country here on the east coast which 
we need to protect at all costs. Absolutely, completely agree. And as you know, that's why I've jumped on board um, to to come along on the ride with Surfrider Foundation and why it's so important that we are looking to launch the national hub here in Byron Bay. I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that, Damo, and then um, I'd love to hear a little bit about the event that we've got coming up for people to come together and, and um, stand together and see what they can do to contribute and listen to some awesome music and, uh, and uh, get involved. Yeah, definitely. So that, that's been our, our focus this year. We've really started looking at um, just how how incredible the Northern Rivers, you know, this, this part of the country is, how influential it is across the rest of the country and just full of, um, full of just so many experienced people with a diverse skill set and just like it really is just this um, just high energy area of talented and gifted people. So we've decided with Surfrider Foundation that we really wanted to to harness that energy and, and look across these different areas because the way we look at, it, at, at, you know, the whole environmental kind of world, people tend to think, well, unless I'm on the front line, um, you know, with a, with a sign in hand or if I'm, unless I'm writing policy, environmental policies, how can I help? There's no other way. But what, what we've kind of found is that, no matter no matter what your no matter what your skill set is, you can be of help. Whether it be um, whether it be being a lawyer, whether it be a graphic designer, a videographer, whether it can you know whatever it might be, it could be a clothing label, and you could help us. Um, so we're looking at really kind of harnessing that energy and kind of creating. I guess it would be more of a national hub across the whole country, but looking at Byron Bay as really that focus point at the moment because there's so many incredibly talented people there. So it's harnessing that energy and, and having a, a kind of a group of people which we can inspire and be inspired by to help us in these national these national campaigns to end all offshore exploration um, and, and obviously focused more so on the gas and oil at the moment. Um, I just wanted to ask you, like politically, I think it's federal legislation, the offshore mining, isn't it? Offshore drilling? Uh, it depends, depends whereabouts it is. So some of it is joint authorities, um, depending on how close it is into the coast. But they, they do have quite a joint authority, but the overriding one is federal. Yeah. So uh, Surfrider Foundation, have you been like lobbying against politicians? Is there anyone in particular that, you know, people should contact? Federal, I guess the federal environment minister is an important person. Uh, who would you recommend? Yeah, so we've been, we've actually been lobbying for a long time on this one. We went up to Canberra last December uh, and actually held a press conference. We actually did a paddle out in Lake Burley Griffin, believe it or not, which if anyone's been up there, you'll know how, how uh, sketchy that is. And if you haven't, please don't go swimming in Lake Burley Griffin because <laughs> it, uh, it was pretty dirty and disgusting. But we did it because it was for a good cause, got some good photos, uh, held a press conference and then actually met with a whole bunch of MPs uh, predominantly from that Newcastle through to Sydney area. And from that, we've actually, the amount of lobbying that we've been doing um, to these politicians, we've actually gotten a number of Liberal MPs. The entire Labor Party has uh, officially opposed the PEP11 um, project. Uh, a number of uh, uh, independents as well. And we've even had, Scott Morrison even came out a couple of weeks ago, I'm not sure whether it was a slip of the tongue, but 
when asked if he uh, supported the renewal of the licence, he said no. So this leaves us the only person, the person who's actually, I guess, the most important in this, politically speaking, is the Federal Resources Minister, Keith Pitt, and he seems to be the only one who's still holding on to this uh, to this project and wanting to push it through. So if you're gonna, if you're really gonna kind of direct your attention and energy towards anyone, it would be great if any if anyone could, or if all of you listening could pick up the phone and call his office and just very nicely and politely ask him to please not renew this license or send him an email as well. Um, right. which I'm sure you can find his details online very easily. So uh, Surfrider Foundation has a really exciting event coming up uh, on April 11th. I'd love to hear a little bit more from you, Damo, about what's going to go on on the night uh, between 5 and 9.30, April the 11th. Yeah, so we're looking at, uh, you know, coming off the back of this idea to, to harness the energy around Byron of these, you know, extremely kind of talented people it was to have an event to kickstart it and we're going to actually have a, a couple of hours there of uh, that really just having stories from both myself and Belinda Bags, who is a Patagonia. She Actually, she's probably got the coolest um, title in the, in the world, I'd say. She's a global surf activist um, for Patagonia as well as the co-founder of Surfers for Climate. Um, so we're, we're both going to be there speaking, speaking and just telling us our, our story and, and how we got involved in the environmental kind of world, um, which, you know, I, I think it's the same with a lot of environmentalists is we're kind of accidental activists and accidental, um, environmentalists because you weren't born into this, but we've seen that there is such a need to look after our planet and to look after our oceans in different ways. So that's going to be us. Um, we're still securing a couple of other speakers, um, but at the moment it, we, we've locked us two in. Uh, so it'll be a really fun night. We've got Billy Otto who's going to come down and, and play some music afterwards. Uh, we'll have some food trucks. Uh, we've got some, uh, alcohol, like we've got wine and beer by donation. So we're doing a little bit of a fundraiser for Surfrider Foundation as well. Uh, and we're going to have some a raffle with some giveaways. We've got a, a sustainable surfboard to give away, which is made, which is no foam. It's completely made out of balsa wood. Uh, it's from a new new startup called Varuna. Uh, we've got wetsuits available. So we're, we're going to have a, a pretty cool raffle there as well. Um, and just kind of get a, get a, a people like-minded people and really inspire people to action that that's really our goal for the night to to get inspire people in their own field as i say to think outside the box so that it's not just you know oh, the only way i can help is you know to go to a beach cleanup or just to donate those are both very important things to do but there's other ways that you can be very very helpful in your own in your own field of expertise and we really want to harness that so that that's the focus of the night. Absolutely. So April 11th uh, at the Secret Garden. But if you uh, tune in via uh, the Surfrider Foundation Facebook page, you'll find the event links there. And um, if if you are a graphic designer, if you are a campaigner, if you have been an activist, if you are interested in writing some copy, if, if you're interested in sharing posts, if you are a lawyer, if you're an accountant, uh, if you are just somebody who is willing to get in and get their hands dirty, even if you only have a small amount of time, please get in touch. 
if you can't come along uh, because we would love to invite you in to help support these incredible uh, campaigns that we have happening. And if you can come along on the night, it's it's sure to be a great night and we certainly have a lot of excellent prizes, as Damo said, and it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Damo. Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, to tell us before we head on off today? Um, just keep an eye out for, for the PEP11 or Stop PEP11 campaign. We are going to start the paddle outs uh, a little further south in, in the kind of the, the epicentre of it. But during the Narrabeen contest at the WSL, we're hoping to get a, a paddle out organised for there and then uh, a couple more, a couple of weeks after that. So if you're listening and you're in Byron but heading back south or you've got friends, um, yeah, they're just even sharing this and, and really getting getting some people down there would be um, greatly appreciated. Awesome. Thanks, Damo. Thank you so much. Thanks very much for having me. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you to uh, Damo. That's uh, Damien Cole from the Surfrider Foundation speaking to Catherine Coxall and Michelle Michaels uh, from the Eco Futures show on Bay FM. They're very kindly sharing that interview with us here on Environmental as Anything. And up next, we have even more goodness as uh, the brilliant Naomi Shine from the Lismore Environment Centre comes to enlighten us on the actions and events coming up for this week here in our region. Naomi, can you hear me? Sean, that's quite a few superlatives. I think a few too many, but here I am. Oh, here you are. There's never too many superlatives, surely. <laughs> well, um, yes, I have a slightly gruff voice. Um, I did have a coronavirus test. There was a big queue, as you know. Yes. But, um, we have got, it's quite quiet in terms of face-to-face events this week. I've got a whole lot. So, um, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. You had the coronavirus test. You, you, you left that hanging. We didn't have the coronavirus, though. No. no, a gruff voice, just a bit of a cold, a bit of a head cold, but corona-free, everybody. Corona-free. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So rest easy. Okay, well, sorry, no, you, you were on in full flight there with, with the with the news yeah. of the week. What's going on? Oh, well, um, I think it gets a little quiet and little more post-Easter. Usually we're, um, um, you know, all the people rained out from the Blues Fest and everything. It usually rains on Blues Fest, but Blues Fest isn't happening. And it's raining anyway. <laughs> Seems like a waste of rain, doesn't it? Don't see that. Yes, well, we bumped into Duncan Wilson at the um, farmer's market this morning and there's a great little event put out by Sea Space. It's a Facebook Live event. There's a couple of few rare seats actually down at Sea Space in South Eastmore tonight. It's um, like a theatre um, of the absurd. It's called The Absurdity of Misinformation mm-hmm. of Live Performance Projections and Political Satire. I think they're, you know, data, like light projections. <laughs> <laughs> Not emotional projections. No. No, okay. 98% chance you'll be absurdly misinformed. So that's a great little uh, Facebook Live event, 7pm to 8pm tonight, and it's about, well, you know, the politics of the absurdity of it all. Yeah, based right here in Lismore. (laughs) Yes, and uh, in terms of face-to-face live events, um, there's a bunch next Saturday, the 10th of April. Like, there's a whole row. So I'll quickly go through them. If you can make it down to Camp Nungu, um, the Nuri Forest Blockade, that starts at 10am on Saturday, um, as you heard from Ziana earlier. 
um, and the Goombanga elders will invite you for the official opening, um, smoking ceremony, storytelling, music, dance and food. And it's um, to, you know, kick off a hopefully successful blockade to save the forest there in um, the um, Cross Harbour area. Yep. Get along to that. Um, Northern Rivers Ultimate Fungal Wizardry are down at the Byron Community Centre for one of their two-hour um, exposés on how to grow your own mushrooms, gourmet and medicinal mushrooms. Um, that's on Saturday that from 9.30 to 11.30am. I just love the idea of that. I have a get-along to one of those one day soon. Yeah, growing your own mushrooms. That sounds lovely. Oh, what a great thing, mm. yeah. Also, Sunday, 10th of April, 10am to 4pm, um, The Value of Value Adding by Young Farmers Connect. They're supported by a bit of government funding there for this one. Um, it's a Northern Rivers Field Day at Peach Farm and Solemn Farm. They're um, all within our drive of Byron. A jam-packed day out with heaps of opportunities to learn and explore a wide range of small farm enterprise. In partnership with Young Farmer Business Program, we'll be focusing on successful business strategy and enterprise opportunities for small-scale farms in the region. I can highly recommend that. I've worked on uh, organic farms in the past and we did value adding to our products. We had olives, we pressed homemade olive oil and that was highly successful. You can um, make a lot more money by value adding. So they're having a whole field day on that. Well-proven strategy. Sounds fascinating. Yeah. Now, this is a fascinating one we've got too. Also, Saturday, 10th of April, 2.30 p.m. It starts. Um, it's, there's an invitation to camp. It goes through Sunday, the 11th of April, also till about 2.30 in the afternoon. It's the launch of the Community Cultural Burning 2021 at Bindarabai Community. Um, and Bindarabai Community is up through Woodenbong uh, towards the border there, really right on the Queensland border. Um, and they're doing some cultural burning there, obviously. Um, in 2020, in response to the terrible fire season of 2019-2020, we had two burning sessions at Bindarabai to keep this country safe from wildfire and to increase the health of the plants and animals. This year, Auntie Carly will return to Bindarabai to continue with this important work. Please come and get involved. There's program at a whole list of events that are happening on that Facebook event page. Um, and come and camp, bring a meal for the campfire on Saturday night. What a lovely event. Glorious. Yeah, yeah. Awesomeness. Yeah. And if that wasn't enough, <laughs> um, one more on Saturday, the 10th of April next week, uh, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. We had Miriam Tosillo come in and talk to us about this. It's a public meeting on the Disrupt Land Forces um, um, uh, protest event planning. Yes. Um, so that will come along to the public meeting about the huge protest plan for Land Forces 21. Uh, Land Forces 21 is a global arms expo on at the Brisbane Convention Centre till the 1st to 3rd of June and the protests will involve many types of actions and include people of all abilities and backgrounds. So that sounds like an important planning meeting to get along to. Absolutely. Like we just heard, uh, Australia trying to edge its way into the arms trade Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, obviously we don't want that for this country. Yes. And I find that these um, types of events are very much non-violent direct action. It's um, very much waging peace, um, mm. which is one of the event planners there. So um, you can really count on there being strong and supportive environment for any, pro- any serious protesting people want to do. Yep. Yeah. So this Saturday. Uh, sorry? So that's a busy Saturday it next is. week. My God, that's just one day. Yes. Goodness me. <laughs> So is that is that it? That that's the entire week's uh, uh, all crammed into one day. Well, uh, that's the most interesting. 
like, and, and there's a lot of great things on the next week. Like, I want to mention that on Tuesday the 13th of April from 9am to 1pm there's a koala tree planting. Oh. And it's by Bangalore Koalas, but it's in the Kyogre Shire. Oh, okay. Now, yeah, if you've recently gone to, to a from Kyogre, Kyogle, there's um, that where there used to be the Cedar Point Hall, and they've removed the old building, and there's a piece of land there, and it's actually supported by um, Forestry Corporation New South Wales, the bush regeneration there. Yep. And I'm hoping that it's not that we go and plant um, 3,000 koala and other species of trees uh, for forestry to come one day and cut down. I'm hoping it's genuine land care. Mm. Um, but I'm mean, sure Bangalore Koalas, we can just ask them. And they're having a working bee, a spare hour or three of time. Please book your spot today by emailing president at bangalorekoalas.com.au. Oh, good on them, reaching out to uh, the, the, the broader community there, Bangalore Koalas. Yeah, and that sounds like a great tree planting day. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Cedar Point, yes, a lovely spot. Really, really lovely, mm. yeah. Big open country, actually. You can see a long way in every direction. Mm. Mm. Good spot to be being revegetated, very uh, severely cleared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I've got two um, favourites for the um, online event because there's a whole list. Please go to Environmentals Anything Facebook page and look at our events list for all kinds of inspiring and climate change-based um, events. So I picked out two to tell you about one tomorrow, 3 p.m. to 4.15 p.m. Um, it's an online heading for Extinction and Rebelling About It by Extinction Rebellion Australia. Come along to this info session to hear the truth about the climate crisis, to find out about Extinction Rebellion, ask questions, etc. So that's a good little um, hour and a quarter Thing you can do. Oh, yeah. Where was that again? Sorry? That's online. So that's an, uh, um, a Facebook Live okay. or something like that. Great, great introduction to the, to the Extinction Rebellion. Yes. One of the most important movements of our times. Yep, I reckon. Uh, they, are, they did mention in there about um, climate change disrupting the Sydney and Brisbane um, Autumn Rebellion events. Um, I couldn't get, I was planning to go to the the um, March the 22nd Autumn Equinox um, King George Square Mass Rally for Extinction Rebellion in Brisbane. I didn't make it due to the rain. We were having heavy rain at that particular moment. The highway was blocked. It was almost impossible to get to Brisbane at that point. It was blocked at Burley Heads the night before. Mm. So, yeah, you know, it's ironic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do have a pick of the uh, all the online events. It's a really outstanding one on Thursday the 8th of April, 7th. PM to eight thirty PM. The Anthropocene, where on earth are we going? It's put on by the Royal Society of Victoria, which I presume is the old fashioned uh, there are usually Royal Societies often science societies. Oh, yeah. mm. yeah. They're a group of um, scientists and um, it's actually a big talk by Professor Stefan, uh, Will Stefan. Oh yeah. He's got a raise here, I'll give it. Uh, human pressures on the planet as a whole, the Earth system, have now become so great that scientists have proposed that we've left the Holocene, the 11,700-year geologic epoch that has been humanity's accommodating home, and have entered a new geologic epoch, the Anthropocene. Originally proposed by atmospheric chemist Paul Crutzen, the Anthropocene is characterised by extremely rapid changes to the climate system, driven primarily by human emissions of greenhouse gases and growing degradation of the planet's biosphere driven by a range of direct and indirect human pressures. So, um, good on you, Professor Stefan. He was Executive Director of the International Geosphere Biosphere Program based in Stockholm. 
There's a search interest span a broad range within climate and earth system science with an emphasis on incorporation of human processes in earth system modelling and analysis and on sustainability and climate change. Yes, Will Stefan, uh, a friend of the show. He's been a guest on Environmental as Anything previously. We must get uh, uh, some audio from his presentation if we can or even get him on uh, to, to speak to us about it. Yeah, yeah, outstanding. Mm. So much good stuff um, online. Um, uh, and I found some petitions, some koala petitions, and um, there's even a parliamentary petition to look at while you're getting around online. The Nature Conservation Council have a... Um, um, it's not. I think it's been launched a little while now, but it's a great um, little link to sign up to. I've put it on the Environmental Anything Facebook page. It's uh, nature.org.au, um, koalas need trees, and you can sign up there and help volunteer with their campaign and uh, just get involved with whatever Nature Conservation Council is going on. Fantastic. Yeah, got going on, I mean. They're doing great work, the Nature Conservation Council. And on the Nisa leaf, which turned out to be a fascinating, um, I've just been reading it, it's been revived. Nisa have a, um, now I've got a great little um, monthly magazine coming out. Yes, and the Nifa leaf has been revived. Those uh, long-term environmentalists from around the region will remember uh, with affection, no doubt, the uh, the quarterly journal that previously was published on a paper uh, version back in the, in the mid-90s, from the mid-90s onwards for quite some time, has uh, yeah, it's been revived in, a, in an electronic form, so a monthly uh, e-newsletter. It's a really handy uh, digest of what's been going on over the last month and what's coming up. That's right. So they had a little bit of report on the Save Our Koalas rallies and um, some helpful advice. If you want to support, email New South Wales legislators and tell them to say to follow the, the 42 recommendations from the koala populations and habitat in North East, North SD, NSD. Um, say no to logging. Uh, so send them that report and take on those recommendations. Say no to logging in koala habitat on private land and stop the grubby deal made between Rob Stokes, John Barrillow and Matt Keane, a reinvention of the koala killing bill from 2020. Mm. So there's some great little actions you can take or just straight away in the need for these. Fantastic. Well, what a great wrap-up, uh, Naomi. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Is there anything else in the last 30 seconds or so before we have to wrap the show up? Yes, uh, Environmental Justice Australia are back in the federal court because um, Vic Forest have appealed their successful protecting the leg beater possum um, court case. So they've got a, a trust uh, crowdfund to help them pay the legal cost to fight off Vic Forest and may they win. Yes, strength to their arm. And strength to your arm and to that of the uh, Lismore Environment Centre. Naomi, thank you so much for uh, keeping us up to date on what's going on in the region. It's a pleasure, Sean. Have a great day. You too. Talk soon. That was Naomi Shine, the chairperson of the uh, Lismore Environment Centre. And uh, you can find the Lismore Environment Centre down at the Transit Centre here in Lismore and always welcoming people who wish to come in and help, uh, you know, to volunteer and to be involved in helping to do environmental campaigning and or help the local uh, community with its transport needs. So, uh, you know, get involved. But uh, you'll have to do that uh, without me because I'm going off air now. It's uh, coming up to five o'clock and uh, that's it for Environmental as Anything for another week. Thank you so much 
for being with me. Check us out on our podcast, on our Facebook page. Uh, Be gentle with yourself, be kind to each other, and remember we're all in this together. Now to take us out with his new track called Sleep Australia Sleep. He's an Aussie icon joined by Alice Keith and Simon Nugent. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr Paul Kelly. The night is on the creek Shut out the noise all around Sleep as straight as sleep And dream of counting sheep Jumping in fields colored brown Who rock the cradle and cry Who rock the cradle As off the cliff the kingdoms leap Count them as they say goodbye Count down the little things The insects and birds Count down the bigger things The flocks and the herds Count down our rivers Our pastures and trees But there's no need to hurry All sleep now it's only a matter of degrees Fog, Australia fog Just like the boiling frog As we go, we won't feel a thing looking for the courage to face the hard facts about our environmental crises? Do you want honest reporting on the global solutions that are at our fingertips? Would you like to know what simple, effective local actions you can take to make a positive difference to the state of the world today? Tune in to Environmental As Anything on 92.9 River FM every Saturday from 2 to 5 for all the news, interviews and analysis you need to make the future you want. For the future, where